0: Hey, folks, the A-Train here. You know, if you're a fan of the In The Zone Network, you need to get your hands on some In The Zone Network gear. Folks, we got T-shirts, hoodies, bags, towels, mugs, and accessories and it's all here for you, our In The Zone fan. So get the latest In The Zone Network gear today at the In The Zone Network online store. Remember, your order is backed by Teespring's 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go today at teespring.com slash the zone network Welcome to the A-Train Show. Radio personality, Isis Jones.
1: I appreciated being appreciated. Sometimes yeah. that little thing alone can, can go a long way where somebody says, yeah, we, we might need you. And, and better yet, it was time. You know, I, I think the climate in St. Louis is, is, is good. Um, we always talk about the negativity and, not, and I always have a, a tendency to bring a, a lot more positivity to the mm-hmm, situation. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I think y'all needed me
0: on the In The Zone
2: Network. Hi, this is Mia Ernest with the Humble and Hungry Clothing Attire. If you're looking for any sportswear, sweatshirts, hoodies, jerseys, please reach out to Lee Edwards on Facebook for that attire.
1: City to city, state to state, worldwide, you're listening to the In The Zone Network.
2: Hey, this is Erica Fernandez from Black Sports Online, your girl closing Sports, and this is the Price Check Podcast.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Price Check Podcast. I am your host, Josh Price. Uh, Of course, the show is brought to you by the In The Zone Network, sponsored by the In The Zone Store. Uh, Today, a pretty special day here on the Price Check Podcast. We have a very special guest joining us today, all the way from the great city of New York, Um, Covers the New York Knicks, New York Liberty, among other things. Avid Mets fan, of course, too, uh, Miss Erica Fernandez of Black Sports Online. How are you, Erica? Hey, guys. Thanks for
2: having me. I'm pretty
1: good. How are you? Good. Good. Glad to have you on the show today. So, of course, being from New York. Now, you're born and raised from New York, right?
2: Yeah, born and raised. Born born and raised. Okay. So,
1: probably have been riding this Knicks fandom and, of course, eventually covering the Knicks all of your life. What has it been like being a fan of the New York Knicks?
2: It's funny because people automatically think that I'm a Knicks fan. So I'm not a Knicks fan. And I really thank God. You know, <laughs> I could only take so much heartbreak. And that's from the New York Mets. But no, my older brother is, uh, I don't even know how, but I think that he followed Tim Duncan's career in college. So he would babysit us, there's about 7 to 10 year difference between me and my older brother, and he would babysit me and my younger brother, so he would park us in front of the TV, and whatever he was watching, we would have to watch with him, so that's why I'm a Spurs fan. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well yeah so uh, so unlike your brother you definitely had a lot of better uh days to look forward to as an NBA oh, fan yeah, definitely. <laughs>
2: definitely. Uh,
1: but being in the city you know tell me what it's like right now um you know covering the team and kind of seeing the vibe around the team especially after the firing of David Fisdale here a couple of weeks ago
2: no for sure and we it's crazy to see the transition of Especially the day when he was fired, it was the not he was trending for I think like six or seven hours. That was the only topic that people were in, were talking about. I got into arguments with people because the thing is that you could see it two ways. He, you know, look at the cars that he was dealt with, but also like his sideline antics were definitely adding to it. Like I remember watching a game that um I think it was, it was an away game. I wasn't covering it, and he was on the sideline just laughing. So I feel like you know that just added to his repertoire you know we might have to let him go because it's not really fitting but with Mike Miller now it's crazy to see everything that um that he's doing right now with the team um (laughs) I'm so sorry guys I'm a little under the weather oh no you're fine but um it's crazy to see how much of a big support he's gotten and the comparisons in a matter of weeks like, David Fisdale had this many wins versus Mike Miller, this many wins. But I am happy to see that Fisdale is going to do some some anal- some analytic work this season. But I'm wondering if any other team will want to pick him up after this. Well, so
1: everything that I've heard about David Fisdale is that he's definitely a player's coach. Um, yeah. and, and my response initially to him being fired was... I understand the argument of the cards that he was dealt because let's be frank about it. They have not put a good roster in front of him. Um, yeah. But if you look at the results of it, he coached 104 games. He won 21 of them. It's very easy to make a case for him to be without a doubt.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And like so, you can look at it from two angles. Like you just said, like you can look at it from, all right, but for this team is this not making free throws. What is the coach doing? Okay. But why do you have a thousand point guards on one team? So, you can look at it from several angles, but like you just said, the record speaks for itself.
1: At the end of the day, numbers don't lie. Gotcha. And uh, for those of who just joined us, this is the Price Check Podcast on the In The Zone Network. I have Erica Fernandez of Black Sports Online with us today. Um, now, speaking on Mike Miller, of course, uh, been the interim coach, I believe, for 10 games now. Uh, what have you seen in covering the team that has uh, gotten them to buy into uh, his coaching style so far?
2: Um, Well, he's actually been pretty good. Like, I remember when he was um, made interim coach, I decided to do some Googling on him, and he worked with the Spurs, so you already know. I'm sure that he learned so much with working on the Popovich, um, and he also was working with the Westchester Knicks, and I believe he won a championship with the Westchester Knicks, or I could be wrong on that, but, you know, it just shows that player development. He knows what to do because, obviously, they graduate from Westchester Knicks to the league. So... I think that a lot of people have been very receptive to him because, like, look at how they've been doing. Obviously, last night was a tough loss. I watched the end of the game. I didn't watch the full game, but from what I saw, I was checking in towards halftime. Like, they were pretty much keeping up a lead, but usually the Knicks have a hard time holding on to a lead. So that's been the main issue, <laughs> that they just don't know how to close it out.
1: Gotcha. And, you know, watching this team throughout the season, obviously, with them being as young as they are and a lot of the different parts they just kind of put together uh, in yeah. the offseason, um, tough for a team to get any type of momentum or gel. But um, if you could point to one bright spot or the biggest bright spot for the Knicks so far this season, what would you say that, that is?
2: Um, I would say, you know, I've always had my eye on Alfred Payton, um okay. when he was in his magic days. I've always liked him um, I think that he has A good head on his shoulders So when I Over the summer When he was signed on To the team I'm like You know This is actually going to be Pretty good And unfortunately He was injured mm-hmm. But now he's back And it seems like He's such a positive Influence on the team And then a, lo- a- Alongside the others As well um, I forgot his name but over the games that happened a couple of days ago where they were rallying in the locker I'm sure you guys saw that footage yes. when, they beat the, when they beat Portland like that was beautiful to see because it just shows so much more team connection that they haven't even had so I feel like the chemistry was lost at first and it was lost for a couple you know like you did not really even understand even um, the roster movement so it feels like things are kind of finally going into place and they're not just chasing a draft pick anymore, to actually 10 and
1: 25, even though it's not the greatest of records, but they're working on it. Great, great. And, you know, in, in talking through some of that, I, I was a fan of the Alfred Payton sign, and if for nothing else, he's not going to take too much away from oh, yeah? developing R.J. Barrett. Uh, I think that's like a, a – they're not two players that I feel like could play together, but they're two players that you can kind of, you know, allow to bounce things off of in terms of their development. Um, yes. but you know, having Dennis Smith Jr., Frank, Nikita, that, that backfield is kind of crowded as you alluded to before. Um, so, uh, kind of on that topic, do you see any moves being made around the trade deadline as we get into, you know, calendar year 2020 and start putting our eyes towards that February trade deadline? Do you see yeah. any roster moves being made by the team? Um, well, it's been pretty clear.
2: Um, what's his name? Um, Marcus Morris has been saying that, you know, he's loyal to the team. He doesn't want to go anywhere. So, that'd be great for him to say because I think he's such a positive influence. And he's been a high scorer for the team. Like, last night, I know he was in the 20s. And he's one of the ones that's playing oh, well over 30 minutes for the team. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they trade anybody just for to get a chance at a good draft pick. But it just brings it back to the topic of how many more times are you going to have to do a draft pick? How many more times are we, you know, rebuilding? I feel like the team's been rebuilding for at least a decade now, like we're in 2020. How much more of this can the company, I'm sorry, can the team make? And what's crazy is that they're still making a lot of money. That's what blows my mind. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're consistently ranked as, you know, Forbes top, you know, team in terms of net worth for across the league. So, um, in kind of talking again along the lines of roster moves before we, you know, get ready to wrap up here. Uh, a lot of point guards, a lot of bigs, not a whole yeah. lot of wings. And you kind of alluded to it a second ago. Also, uh, you know, how many times are you guys are going to bank on a top draft pick coming through? Because we saw it last season, their high hopes of getting Zion number one. And then, well, here we mm-hmm. go. We have to settle for RJ Barrett at three. Um, uh, do you see them laying the groundwork right now to be able to bring in another major star or at least another star uh, player at the capabilities or level of, like, a Julius Randle like they were able to get
2: last year? Yeah. I want to say no at this point. I don't know if it's maybe an ownership thing. Like, they... It's, it's crazy because it's always it comes down to James Dolan not wanting to spend money but then wanting to spend money the right way because obviously there was an opportunity to probably have Kevin Durant in but based on his injury he didn't choose to have him in but who's to say how cagey' is going to be when he comes back from his injury right. so I feel like it's still a smart move at the end of the day because you know it's still money talks. so if you're going to want to make the right investments you have to choose the right way so I wouldn't be surprised if also they kind of aren't willing to listen in to see who's willing to give what and slash take what. Like I'm seeing R. J. Barrett's name in the rumors. Um, definitely Frank. Um, Frank has been. I can I can never pronounce his last name, but Frank. I I
1: always <laughs> butcher the last name too. is Nilakina oh, yeah. Nillakina. I don't yeah. know. I I, I yeah. sorry I to Frank. Bad, but, uh, uh, I'm, not gonna, it. I'm <laughs> not gonna butcher it.
2: Just like Frank. First name basis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I hear his name often thrown into the tr- into the rumor mills for the past couple weeks. So. I wouldn't be surprised at this point if something happens, but I want to say nothing's
1: going to happen by the trade deadline. Gotcha. And again, for those of y'all who are just joining us, this is the Price Check Podcast on the In The Zone Network, sponsored by the In The Zone store. Uh, we have Erica Fernandez of Black Sports Online joining us today uh, from New York City. Now, talking you know, about the Knicks, one more point before we go. Uh, as we look towards the trade deadline beyond and into future years, what would you say for you know folks you know who may uh, be across the country that have not watched the Knicks game this year, if they are going to decide to tune in to the ten and twenty five Knicks, <laughs> what would be the what would be the thing or, or reason that draws people into that team?
2: I think that the team has a lot of heart, um, and mixed with a lot of heart, they have a really good head coach right now. But I think that he's making good decisions but unfortunately like they just don't know a lot of issues with defense sometimes on the field but to answer your question definitely look out for that team chemistry and the head coach because I feel like it's finally melting in together so to, they might have found the perfect relationship they might not even have to find a new head coach they might just be happy with where they're at right now
1: great great and so um You know, covering the team, covering uh, the New York Liberty as well. Um, Now, I know they've got the number one pick in the draft next year. Should we just go ahead and get our, uh, what is it, Sabrina Ionescu jerseys now, or do we need to wait on that?
2: (laughs) You know, like, I actually was really heartbroken by the Liberty. My first season ever covering them, they went to the playoffs and then they had a chance to almost go to the final so it was a rumor like people were like all right what if the Liberty actually end up winning is there going to be a a parade for them you know a parade before the Knicks have one?" and unfortunately obviously that didn't even end up happening but it would be great to see the team actually win because I feel like now they have better ownership they're they're headed in the right place and with them being in Brooklyn, I feel like it's an even better neighborhood, personally. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of kids in the area, so I feel like they could learn a lot more and they could just grow newer fans as opposed to being in the city. With It's just an awkward schedule. I remember there was a random game Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. And no one is obviously going because people are working. Right. The only people that are able to make it are these summer camps. I feel like with them being in Brooklyn, it's a lot more family oriented area. It might just be able to strike new WNBA fans and a lot more inclusiveness, too, because I feel like we're still very much like who who watches the WNBA. There's a lot of fans. This is why people tune in to the UConn games. Right. Obviously,
1: there, there's fan bases there. Great. Great. Well, no, Erica, I definitely appreciate you joining us here today on the Price Check Podcast. Uh, tell the fans out there who are listening where they can find your work and, and where they can tune into you
2: for sure thanks so much guys for having me um you can find my work at blacksportsonline.com and you guys can follow me curls c-u-r-l-s the word and and sports it came up when i was just trying to brand myself quote unquote and that's what it's been ever since (laughs)
1: cool well no we definitely appreciate you coming on and thanks for taking some time to talk hoops with us uh we'll have to again set that trip up uh for you to come to st louis and get some food man
2: Oh, for sure. You already know. And then watch a Mets-Cardinals game. Oh, yeah. That's definitely, (laughs) uh, you
1: know, Cardinals are going to win, but we'll talk about that on another podcast. Listen,
2: 2006 still hurts.
1: Look, we'll we'll talk about 2006 another time, but again, Eric, thank you so, so much. We definitely appreciate having
2: you. Yeah,
1: thanks, guys. I appreciate you. All right, we'll take a break now.
2: Hey, this is Erica Fernandez from Black Sports Online, your girl, Curls and Sports, and this is the Pricer Podcast.
0: Hey, folks, the A-Train here. You know, if you're a fan of the In The Zone Network, you need to get your hands on some In The Zone Network gear. Folks, we got T-shirts, hoodies, bags, towels, mugs, and accessories. And it's all here for you, our In The Zone fan. So get the latest In The Zone Network gear today at the In The Zone Network online store. Remember, your order is backed by Teespring's 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go today at teespring.com slash the zone network
2: my in the Hi, this is Mia Ernest with the What It Dooski Wooski clothing attire. If you're looking for any hoodies, sweatshirts, cups, please reach out to Hillsideheavyweights at gmail.com or like us on Facebook at what it com. Everybody wants to live
3: and nobody wants to die. You live in- Yeah, I met Ashley right through a mutual friend on Facebook, Your near Boy, and um you know, we, we was doing the St. Louis Serge basketball broadcast last year, and we were just trying to, you know, find some other ways to be able to kind of uh, broaden the broadcast. And so Ashley came along, and, and I watched one of her tapes from her doing the game of Ritma, and she is a true student of the game. Uh, she's so wise beyond her years, and she just brings something different from the network. And as she continued to mature and stuff, especially as a writer, she has her own blog, Sports with Ashley. And now uh, she's one of the main contributors at In The Zone Network. You can find a lot of her stuff on a WordPress. So, again, that's someone else. She's young. Uh, she has her whole future ahead of her, and I'm glad that she's a part of the network, the In The Zone Network.
2: City to city, state to state, worldwide. You're listening to the In the Zone Network.
1: This is it.
2: What? Hey, this is Erica Fernandez from Black Sports Online, your girl, Curls in Sports, and this is the Check Podcast. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to the Price Check Podcast. I am your host, Josh Price. Uh, checking back in with you after our interview earlier today with the uh, Miss Erica Fernandez of Black Sports Online. Big shout out and thank you to her for coming and joining the show. Uh, first guest of 2020 here on the Price Check Podcast, as well as the first guest. On our show, that is not a member of the In the Zone Network. That's so right. Big shout out to Erica for coming on there. <laughs> um, rest of the show that we had is real quick. I uh, want to first mention that, as we typically start out with on the Price Check podcast, and I love for folks securing the bag, we're doing a little bit of premature celebration today. Mr. Jimmy Butler, while he has thrown one bag away and said goodbye to Jordan Brand being the sponsor of his sneakers, he, he literally just dropped that bag right on out the window and said, yeah, I don't want this one no more. Um, I'm pretty sure at some point soon he's going to secure another bag, uh, whether it be Nike, Adidas, Puma, whoever. Um, but there are, you know, the other... Uh, brands out there lining up to add Jimmy Butler to their roster, so we'll do a little bit of premature celebration for Jimmy's bag. Don't know exactly, you know, the extent or the, you know, amount of that bag, but we know he'll get one here soon. So, um, but on a more serious and a little bit more of a somber topic, we want to extend our condolences. Uh, To David Stern's family David Stern, former NBA commissioner of 30 years uh, Passed away on New Year's Day At the age of 77 After uh, complications from a brain hemorrhage That he had on December 12th Uh, Definitely want to extend Thoughts and prayers to his family Uh, David Stern was an icon um, In the world of basketball Not only helping grow The NBA into a global game uh, and you know, extending into China, and, and you know, getting more players from different European countries, uh, hosting games now in Mexico. You've got the NBA has now become a global brand, um, and a large part of that due to David Stern's work um, in the mid to late '80s and on through his entire tenure as the NBA commissioner. Uh, one impact um, from Some of the decisions that he made and a lot of people have talked about both during the time that he was alive as well as now since his passing was the dress code policy uh, in the NBA, which a lot of people, especially folks, you know, our black folks looking at it a little bit more of a negative light. Mm -hmm. But um, being a little bit more far removed from it now and also being a lot older than, you know, being a lot older now than I was at the time when the dress code policy went into effect. Basically David just told y'all to come out here business casual, bro. He didn't he didn't tell y'all to <laughs> to do anything too fast. He just said, Hey man, work a shirt with a collar on it. I can't have y'all out here in tall tees and the you know the big chains and the saggy pants and you know that's not how we gonna sell this brand. Um, and since then, one, I can't tell you the last time the dress code policy got enforced. Two, NBA has made a hell of a lot of money since then. So um, you know one of his more unpopular decisions I won't bring up the Chris Paul veto trade because again since I've become a lot older and a little bit more far removed from that situation it is what it is it was a decision he had to make after some some, um, some whining on a much more toned down version of what I would like to say uh, yeah I would have to say that was
0: kind of crazy when I found out what yeah. the whole trade background was on that. So.
1: Yeah, so we can talk. We can really go into that into a whole entirely different <laughs> podcast. But um, definitely want to send our thoughts and prayers to, uh, to the Stern family, uh, David Stern, an icon in the NBA.
0: And real quick, he also helped founded the WNBA. Yes, that is. The, and
1: and the G so I uh, I forgot to mention that blazed the trail for the WNBA to be started and, you know, put some groundwork into making sure that women had a professional league for them to go to. Um, and obviously since, you know, the WNBA has been founded, it has grown tremendously um, both in fandom, but then also just the size of the league. You have way more teams now than you had when they started. I think when it started it was just the big four.
0: There was a few more teams. I think it was like eight at the time. And so um – um but they was trying to make it like a sixteen-team league and yeah. stuff like that, and so you know a lot of the uh, cities have folded. But what um, they still pushing—that's right. the thing about it. That's the thing that's key.
1: Yeah, and I think the the biggest thing in, in talking about this before we kind of go into our other topic of show, the show, WNBA got some good basketball still, man. Like
0: they do. It's just that we're living in a time and a culture where they feel, where well, some people feel like they shouldn't even be on television. And I'm like, no, they should be on television, yeah. you know, and they're going to have to keep scraping, keep keep pushing, keep hustling. You know what I mean? Because a lot of women still want to get out there and they want to play.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. And I, I, I've also got my ideas on a couple ways where the WNBA could potentially expand or do things to, you know, broaden exactly. their, their, you know, scope. But, that, again, that's a, another topic for, for another podcast. But we definitely are, are going to hit on that um at some point in the future but really today um biggest topic that we're going to cover before we let before we let you guys go uh trade buzz around the nba we're about a month out from the nba trade deadline you start to hear the rumors circulating on a few players a few different teams biggest name out there and you know biggest uh i guess star power so to speak out there right now is andre drummond um his contract i believe either expires at the end of the year or he has an early opt-out clause at the end of this season basically andre's gonna be a free agent no matter how you slice that pie it look he's going to be a free agent however he has to get there the end result is free agency and him being able to choose where he plays next season so detroit pistons are being smart about it and going about and seeing what they can get for him before he just moses his way out the door,
0: just dang him like raw meat. <laughs> yeah,
1: so <laughs> it's like you know, uh, you know, just hanging the chain out the window, like hey, you know, come grab this type of thing. If you want to come and get them. <laughs> right. Who want them first? Hey, seventy five percent off everything must go. Maybe even you. That's what it, <laughs> that's, that's how we're looking at. That's it. how they're looking at it. So, um, first, before I kind of go into the rumors and thoughts on some of the teams that are involved in trying to make an Andre Drummond trade. Andre Drummond is one of the last, I guess, kind of traditional big men left in basketball. Yeah, he's
0: one of the traditional fives.
1: I don't... Like, I guess my question would be, like, not necessarily who is trading for him, but what type of impact should you expect Andre Drummond to have if your aspirations are winning a championship? Because as we see... Time and time again in the NBA now, you know, especially since the Warriors kind of went through this whole three-point shooting thing a few years ago and kind of ushered that in.
0: Man, did they not change like the dynamic for players? Like, period, even big men.
1: Yeah. So, like, you got you have seven-footers who are spending more time taking jump shots than they are doing post moves now, and not to say that that's a bad thing, but it's a a drastic change for somebody like Andre who is, I believe, 26. Yep. You are kind of, not to say you're setting your ways or you can't learn new skills once you get to the age of 26 or older in the NBA, but that's a drastic difference from getting rebounds on the offensive and defensive end, doing your post moves or getting your points primarily at the block and the free throw line to, okay, I have to expand my jump shooting to, like, three-point range, like, That's a lot to ask of somebody like that.
0: But also now, uh, like you see with Anthony Davis, he chose that he wanted to step outside and do that. And then I get it. This is not the 90s where everybody fulfills their roles. You know, you're the center. You're the power forward. You're the small forward. You're the shooting guard and you're the point guard. So you do those things within that role. Now they're stepping outside of that a bit.
1: Yeah, and so even with the Anthony Davis point, though, a lot of people don't realize Anthony Davis was six one up until I think his senior year of high school and, and had a growth spurt.
0: A major one. Major. So <laughs> you go from six 6'1
1: one to 6'10, especially from like age 17 to 18, it's a lot easier for you to transition. Oh, yeah, I was just doing these guard workouts two weeks ago, but hey, nine inches later, I am doing these... Big man moves. You know, big man moves. It's a little bit easier to transition from guard to big man once you add the height. It's a lot harder to go from seven-footer who's used to operating within five to six feet of the basket to I have to expand to, like, 18 to 20 feet.
0: Or even 25 feet. Yeah,
1: so, like, I don't know what you should expect as a team receiving Andre Drummond, nor do I really know what Andre Drummond is worth, given that fact. Like, what do you trade for Andre Drummond, or what should you be expecting back if you're Detroit, given what he is in today's NBA.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm reading from the salary from, and this is from two seasons ago. is three seasons. $22 million. Yeah. I'm like, you're expecting to give a little bit more than that for Andre.
1: Yeah, so now, I mean, I would expect if Andre Drummond's going to enter free agency, correct me if I'm wrong, but his current, this year's salary cap figure from here, for him is like right around $27, 28000000 He's probably going to be expecting 30 plus. So... What team is trading for him knowing that they're going to have to pony up the money on the back end of that, and then what are you giving up to say, okay, this is worth it for me to acquire Andre Drummond?
0: The Raptors could get him.
1: So the Raptors are one of the teams that have been rumored to make an Andre Drummond deal along with the Boston Celtics, Dallas Mavericks, and Atlanta Hawks. Dallas. So Dallas was intriguing to me because of him being able to basically do all of the rim protecting, rebounding stuff that you would typically try to rely on Porzingis for and just allow Porzingis to basically be like the Chris Bosch or Kevin Love to LeBron and you know, D wade to LeBron and Kyrie type of situation. Um if you're Dallas though, what do you have to give up? You traded a lot to get Chris Staps in terms of like draft picks. I don't know what contracts they piece together to try to make that work. I guess you move like Courtney Lee's expiring or, you know, maybe Tim Hardaway Jr. again. I don't know. But if you're Detroit, are you just moving Andre Drummond to say, okay, we just want to get rid of the player and the contract altogether so we can blow this thing up. Or are you saying, let's try to turn Andre Drummond into, you know, two to three pieces that we can actually try to turn this thing around and win with. Because if you're going that route, good luck <laughs> I don't know who's out there that's giving you valuable pieces for Andre Drummond but you know they've got expiring contracts to make the salaries work that's definitely a move that if you can do without trading away players of major consequence if you're Dallas I definitely take my chance at it um especially while Luca's on his rookie deal but you also got to resign him next year, and I don't know that you want to lock up your cap that way, knowing that in you know two three years, Lucas needs a big payday. So, back to the Raptors, though. Um, Raptors, I, I don't think it makes sense. But you give up, you trade Marcus all straight up for Andre Drummond, and you same team. I, I don't think you're any better having andre drummond and having marcus Allen, you have more cap flexibility going into the next couple off seasons versus having to pay andre drummond so um the hawks are the team that make the most sense to me i think they need to make some type of splash and this is a big name that they could put next to trey young um they've got a couple you know young pieces some draft picks um and some cap space to kind of make all of the things work so all of the ingredients and, and, you know, pieces are there to where the Hawks are probably the best landing spot for him. I don't see what the Celtics give up that make it work. So, um, we'll monitor that situation. Also, another situation that I'm monitoring, you know, as we get closer to the trade deadline is probably going to be Kevin Love. Because he seemed a little pissed off during one of their losses yesterday. So, um, my words to him was, you chose Cleveland. Not the other way around, bro. So, <laughs> um, but... Until next time, man. Again, we'll continue to wrap uh, about the trade, you know, buzz that's going on in uh, in the NBA here moving forward as we get closer to the trade deadline. We also uh, gonna get into All Star voting and kind of what that looks like over the you know next few weeks. Um, yeah, I got a beef to pull about that, <laughs> but we'll talk about yeah, that on now, the next show. We we are lucky that beef. fan votes are not as heavily weighted as they were before. Let's just say that. Yeah, I got a big beef about (laughs) that. But until next time, man, you listen to the Price Check Podcast. This is your host, Josh Price, on the In The Zone Network, checking out.